Listen to me. And with our combined strength, we can defeat Terrible Radio and bring order to the airwaves. I'll never listen to you. Obi-Wan never told you what happened to Culture My Arts. He told me enough. He told me the BBC cancelled it after multiple complaints. Destroyed forever. No. I am Culture My Arts. That's not true. That's impossible. It was so weird and crap. Why would they write more? Search the podcast listings on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Stitcher. You know it to be true. What an awful film. Don't get the hype at all. (coughs) Oh, hello, you. Back for more. Music. And I realize I have no more lyrics. Film. Maybe La 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 Land. Opinion. Yes, I think the answer to that is, is yes. And other things. It's Culture My Arts. Your latest culture headlines. Brian May donates hair to Naked Mole Rat Sanctuary. That's in the star. Finally, we've got you, says Merkel to Putin after UN hide-and-seek tournament. And finally, the Daily Mail's front page says it's over in reaction to the news this week that the fat lady has indeed sung. Those are your culture headlines. Oh, just think. What are the odds of being born in the same timeline, the same dimension as Culture My Arts? Scientists say it's about 400 trillion to one. It really is rotten luck. I'm Frank Sod, your host. I can't guarantee you'll like me. One thing you should like, though, is John Guff's crack. No, not that kind of crack. I've seen that one, and it was rather unsightly. I'm talking about his crack in time. This week, he takes us back to 1989, the year when Anglesey introduced complete animal equality. Have a listen. Hold on. Not yet. Now. Animals. Some say they are beautiful, elegant, and insightful. But when I tried to strike conversation with an English bulldog earlier today, it just kept trying to scratch the parasitic worm that was dangling from its anus. Nevertheless, in 1989, Anglesey Council deemed animals intelligent enough to be given equal rights. Instantly, a variation of species became a mainstream part of society. It's a decision that has changed life here ever since. Hi, I'm Bethan Hughes. I was a local MP here until the 1992 general election. Ever since then, it's been Brian. And for the benefit of the listener, let's just clarify that Brian is indeed A goose. That's correct. And why is it that you're working below a goose? Well, originally, I was only meant to be here to show Brian the ropes. His previous experience was quite different from your average MP, so it was a huge career change. And what was his previous experience? Well, 
mainly spitting at children in the park, eating discarded bread. Oh, sounds a bit like my ex. So I'm needed quite often for meetings. You know, his feet are webbed, so I have to do most of the paperwork. I think we're webbed too. Brian's the public speaker, really. He more than holds his own in the House of Commons. Mr. Tory Man MP! Mr. Speaker, I'd like to raise the issue of complete animal quality in Anglesey. You see, since 1989, the Isles' infrastructure is in tatters. A a complete drag on the Welsh economy. When will the right honourable gentleman for Anglesey admit that this interspecies social experiment has been a complete failure? (laughs) Brian the Goose MP! Whilst animal equality has allowed talented orators like Brian the Goose MP to blossom in the world of politics, there have been tensions at the lower skilled end of the job market with orifices such as Boris Johnson. I'm David Jones. I own the local news agents here in Llanweir Buchwinkich, Gogerich, Gwyntropwich, and Cecilia Gogogoch. I noticed Anglesey Council were giving grants to small businesses that hire animals. I applied for the grant, expecting they'd send me a mule or a donkey to help me carry stock around the shop. I wake up this morning, buzzing I was. What have they sent me? Have a guess. Derry, I'm not here to play guessing games. Just tell me what it is. A bloody python! What am I supposed to do with a python? I'm beside myself. Better than Bijan Freeze, isn't it? What's wrong with him? What's wrong with him? He can't stack shelves. His customer service is awful. He can't even get in the uniform. Oh, wrong size. Wrong size? Have you ever tried putting a vest on a snake? He's got no arms, son. I'm going to have to sack him. There's no question. He'll be like all the other animals. On benefits. Sleeping with our women. We should be helping our own species first, yeah? Oh, you really are a piece of work. Perhaps humans are struggling to make correct use of animals in the workplace. But it seems the animal population of Anglesey have had no issues with making use of humans. Since 1989, there has been a unique resurgence in the farming industry, led by a few enterprising cows. Hi, I'm Farmer Bryn. This used to be my cattle farm. In 1989, when they gave animals equal rights on Anglesey. A lot of the cows weren't happy being milked and slaughtered, so a lot of them left. By 2000, I was going broke, so I had no other option but to sell the land to a rich investor, (laughs) who happened to also be a cow. She turned this place into a human factory farm, at which I'm now livestock. I tell you, the tables really have turned. You know, when you're doing the farming, the cages do look an awful lot bigger. I've stood in my own feces four times today. I do keep trying to tell the cows that I miss my family, but they don't really seem to be on the same wavelength. The worst thing is that cows are herbivores, so 100% of the human meat goes to waste. It's almost as if mass farming is completely wasteful and unsustainable. Luckily, I'm just a milking human. Don't get me started on my breasts, though. They're very tender. I mean, I milked dry! I used to think that when we milked the cows, they were mooing out of pleasure. 
but it turns out it comes quite keen. I guess it's true what they say. What goes around, comes around. They've even learned how to use the cattle prod. John, watch out! Oh, ouch! What are you doing? Oh, oh. I, I've been chunk off, and this has been my crack. In time. I'll speak to you when I've got myself out of this pickle. I'm sure when the cows find out I'm a journalist, they'll release me from the farm. Oh gosh, Bryn. I seem to have landed in some mud. That's not mud, John. Oh dear. Oh god, it's culture my arts! <laughs> what a caper. John Goff there, I do hope he gets home safe. But if he doesn't, it's not a bad news story, is it? Let's just see what happens. This is Culture My Arts, the show that sits in between sliced bread and bee's knees on the scale of good things. I'm your charismatic host, Frank Sod, don't worry about it. We do have more annoying presenters, though. In fact, I'm hearing we can cross over to one of them now. Eleanor, do your bit whilst I think of something else. Thank you very much, thank. Eleanor Thorne with another great scoop this week, as I am reporting live from Puddington Town Centre in the Wirral the place which has recently been awarded the title of Most Pleasant Men's Public Toilets. Let's go in now and see what the people inside think of the news. Let's ask these guys at the urinal. Fellas, how do you feel about the news that these public toilets have been voted the most pleasant in the UK? Oh, I'm not surprised to be honest. It's a great atmosphere in here. Exactly. It's a little support group in here. Of course, you come in here if you need your number ones or your number twos or just to cross the streams. But sometimes you'd also need a hug. Ah, come here, mate. Aww. We really should have zipped up first. Ooh, that'll be geesh. Let's get some more feelings on this great news. Um... Sir, how do you feel? Not great. I've got IBS, you see. And so... Well, as you can hear, Frank, everyone's thrilled at the news. Back to you. Eleanor Thorne there, on minimum wage. Time for our featured book reading this week with, um... uh, Sorry, what's your name? Jessica Well. I'm new. Jessica Well, Jessica... Oh, were you introduced at Willie's birthday? Yeah, yeah, that was me. Ah, right. In that case, I mean, we can sort this out after the show just uh, very quickly, though. You do owe me three pounds for that beer. No problem. So Four, actually. I got you a pack of McCoys. So, a bit of a twist on today's show, as it's a children's poetry story, which... Whoa, 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 whoa. Children's book? Do children listen to this show? Actually, they do. We've had a look at the statistics, and we have a huge adolescent following in youth offenders institutes where they aren't allowed devices with screens. We're... We're their only option. Yeah. (laughs) Fantastic. Hi, kids. So this book is a little tongue-in-cheek and it talks about a certain bodily function which can be a little rude. Oopsie. So, here we go. This is the last few pages of Wendy Roo, Covered in Poo. 
Wendy Roo, shouted Mum. Don't look down that loo. You'll fall right in and get covered in poo. But Mum, said Wendy Roo, there's more down that loo. It holds more than just poo. A mystery doth brew. In the bowl of the loo, she'd seen it herself, written in poo, the word help. Mum replied, it's probably rat poo which spells a word as it drapes, or a squash spider that's conveniently shaped. Wendy didn't believe Mum. She knew what to do. She'd save the day and dive headfirst down that loo. As Wendy pounced in, her heroics were planned. She'd bring that trapped soul back to dry land. Mum grabbed Wendy's legs and began to plea. Come back up here, Wendy. There's nothing to see. As Wendy plunged into the water, her eyes filled with dread. Down in her loo was a severed human head. Struck with fear, Wendy recoils in a rush. As she tries to scramble out, her hand hits the flush. The force is so strong, the flush simply snaps. The toilet's going to explode and Wendy's head's still trapped. Boom! Out blasts the severed head and poor Wendy Roo. They both splat on the ground, covered in poo. Wendy is dazed. In pain, she groans. Mum nervously picks up the phone. Mum calls 999 and talks them through. The toilet exploding and poor Wendy Roo. Wendy could just hear what her mum had said. She noticed no mention of that severed head. The operator replied, We'll send an ambulance to you. And to help with your toilet, we'll send a police car too. In barged the police and an ambulance crew to inspect the toilet and help Wendy Roo. The officers inspected. Mum started to tremble. They had all the evidence they needed to assemble. There's a corpse in your loo, darling. Mum gasped. Oh my God, who? It's a man filed under the Missing Persons Act over seven years ago and his name is Stephen Rue. He's dead in your toilet and covered in poo. Dad, whelped the pained Wendy Rue. You told me he got lost in the woods of Peru. The officer replied. That's a false assurance. Your mum killed Daddy Roo, flushed him down the loo and claimed a life insurance. Wendy screamed. You were supposed to be his wife. So I've been pooing on Dad my whole life. Yes, mum scowls. I would have got away with it too if it wasn't for you getting covered in poo. The officers arrest mum. Wendy begins to cry. But as she wipes her tears, a harrowing surprise. Wendy clears her face of faecal debris to find her eyes can no longer see. I'm sorry, said the doctor. There's nothing we can do. I'm afraid you were blinded when you got covered in poo. Really enjoyed that, actually. Uh, I'll pick up a copy sometime soon. Presumably there's a moral message in there somewhere? Absolutely. Something to do with drugs. Yeah, sounds about right. And I'm sure all the kids listening heard it loud and clear. In fact, we've got three one-word reviews that our younger listeners have sent in. One working class, one middle class, and one upper class. Poo! 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 I'll let you work out which one's which. And here's a voice clip from the author who gives his thoughts on the success of the book. <laughs> Oh, <laughs>
Torture My Arts, a good radio show. Hold on. <coughs> oh, sorry, I had to sneeze. Now we like to make the audience a part of Culture My Arts as much as we possibly can. That's why we've illegally bugged the radio set of one of our listeners to hear their live reaction to the show. Let's tap into the feed. Under the covers. Oh, it's nothing. I'm. I'm just watching um, some pornography on my phone. That's all. It doesn't sound like a pornography, Bill. Sounds like talking. Are you listening to the radio? Yeah, yeah, I am. But, but it's just BBC local radio. There's no rude words or, or content or, or nothing like that. You're listening to that culture my arts again, aren't you? No! You are, aren't you? Okay, I am, Jean. I am. I like it. It's really funny. Ever since you got that bloody radio, all you've done is listen to Culture My Arts over and over again. I can't help it, Jean. They're artistic pieces that are very replayable. They just get better with every listen. If this is how it's going to be, Bill, I'm not sure how much longer I can do this. Please. Jean. Give it a chance. Give us a chance. Just listen to an episode. You might like it. It's weird and crap, Bill. I hate it. The sketches are rubbish. The writing is confused at best. And don't get me started on that Frank Sod and Willy Didgeridoo. You won't stop me listening to it, Jean. I've purchased one of the fantastic Patreon packages at patreon.com slash culture my arts. I'm a patron, Jean. A patron. And I've bet you bought some merch from teespring.com slash store slash culture my arts as well. Haven't you? I have, Jean. Five bum bags, two shirts and a sticker. You can't stop me. I bloody will. Give me that radio. No, Jean. We were happy before Culture My Arts. They did this to us. Jean, give me the radio back, please. I'm leaving, Bill. And I'm taking Babby with me. She can't live in this dangerous environment. Mummy, I'm worried. Jean. I know, darling. Don't worry, we'll have a fag and calm down in a sec. Is Daddy listening to that weird and crap radio show again? Will he be okay? I don't know, love. I just don't know. Hmm, odd. That bit kind of revealed the whole pretense of the show, didn't it? Ah, well, it's not like you were listening. You listen when you watch TV, don't you? Yeah? You like TV, don't you? Yeah? Course you do. It's much easier than thinking. Here's Lenny Bing Bong with this week's TV blunders. You'll like that. Hey, 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 it's Lenny Bing Bong here. If you like to watch the pictures and hear the sound, I'm your guy. <laughs> Just a little joke there. Some absolute big boy blunders to play for you today. Let's start with this week's Come Down With Me, where the casting director accidentally casted four people with equally uninteresting lives. Have a listen, it really is quite anodyne. 
<laughs> Just a little joke there, which is more than you'll get from this next segment. This is Derek, everyone. Hi, Derek. Oh, so, Derek, what do you do? I'm a, I'm a milkman. Oh. oh. So, what kind of milk is it? Uh, cows. No, no, I mean, is it skimmed? Oh, whole. I'll tell you what, Derek, I've never tripped on my milk when I walk out the door. How do you manage to do that? Yeah, do you have a technique for where to put it? I'll just... Don't put it too close to the door. A Blundosaurus Rex on Love Island, as two contestants actually turn out to be level-headed. <laughs> I mean, what are the chances? <laughs> I miss my wife. <laughs> wanted to say that I like her, but I want to give it a go with Kayla, as we're developing a romantic connection which I'd like to explore, Minsick in it. That's fine. In the outside world, I'd be aggrieved by this judgement, but the fleeting timeline of this game show dictates that it'd be ridiculous to get angry at you. Crack on, innit? Nice one. I'm glad to hear your rational response. I would hate to have made you upset. I still do like her. I would respect it, though, if you did not slew me from our indecision. The nature of the game show makes detecting genuine attraction difficult. Oi, oi! You know what I mean? In addition, the pressure of being filmed can also bring about emotional situations, which wouldn't occur in most real-life interactions. At the end of the day, it is what it is, isn't it? Furthermore, this show engages in the suspect practice of editing 24 hours of surveillance into one hour-long programme. It'd be quite easy to manipulate footage with a view to dramatising quite mundane exchanges in order to villainise contestants for the purpose of cheap entertainment. Not being funny, bants, it, pied. I concur, Will. Therefore, it would be a slight overreach if any members of the general public were to try and extract genuine social commentary about serious issues merely from watching Love Island, Defo, it, Muggy. Imagine, that'd be silly, wouldn't it? Blunder and lightning on Great British Bake Off as Paul Hollywood, <laughs> just a little joke there, realises it's just a cake. The chocolate is delightful, a real treat for my ickle-wickle British taste buds. You should be extremely proud of this tiramisu. Paul, what do you think? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. Uh, mascarpone's creamy. Um, I mean, it's, it's just cake, isn't it? It's just more bleeding cake. Oh, are you okay? Are you taken aback by the sharpness of the espresso, which is incredibly prevalent in tiramisu? No, Mary, it's not the espresso that's the problem. And even if it was, stop calling it a problem. It's just cake, okay? But Paul, these contestants take their baking very seriously and those little itty-bitty errors can have a monumental impact. We give them a recipe which tells them exactly how to make the cake. So, unless you've whisked a rat into the mixture or you've tried to bake the bugger under the sun, you're probably going to make, at the very least, a reasonably good cake. This isn't The Apprentice, Mary. It's not even Ready Steady Cook. There isn't money or reputation at stake. 
Julie ain't going to get sacked as a bailiff for making a crap syllabub. It really is just cake. Yet, I stand here every week eating slice after slice and I tell people that their cake's nice. As if anyone at home needed to be told that cake is nice. And the worst thing is, they don't even know if it's nice or not. They just believe me. And I genuinely fear that people think what we do is somehow important. It's just cake, Mary. It's just cake. Paul, we've got to finish this episode. What, what do you want to do? Just pretend to do an accidental innuendo about the cake. We'll do a laugh for the camera and we'll cut for today. Uh, okay. The biscuits around this tiramisu are scrumptiously umptious. And I've got to say, it's been a few years since I've had a lady finger as good as this. <laughs> Careful there, Mary. What is she like? Right, I'm off. And you know what? For the record, I've always preferred yogurt. And those were all the blunders that were asunder this week. On the television. (laughs) Just a little joke there. Back to you, Frank. Mmm. Mmm. Mary's right, though. Mm. Espresso is very prevalent in tiramisu. Mmm. 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 Speaking of TV, though, later on BBC Newsnight, Jeremy Paxman holds a government aid to account for war crimes. Here's a preview. Well, rather predictably, the Prime Minister didn't turn up to this interview, despite repeatedly saying he'd be here. However, we have got his cat, who was no doubt involved. Mr Buggles, there are some serious allegations of war crime here. Are you going to answer for the government's actions? I'm not being out of line, I'm merely asking a straightforward question. And if you can't answer the way I want, then surely that's an admission of guilt. How could I possibly not interpret that as you saying that the Gulf War was justified? Surely you of all people, Mr. Buggles, knew that there was no immediate danger to Britain. What you're trying to say, if I'm not completely distorting your words, is that you'd bomb Australia if they qualified for the Eurovision again. You said it, not me. There's no need to get defensive, Mr. Buggles. I think the audience at home will all see how easily riled up you were by my innocent questions, and they'll make their own mind up about your character. Well, if you're not an aggressive person, how do you feel about this mouse I'm holding? Classic. I should have expected this from a ginger cat. You're all the same. Gripping as always. Uh, Producer, could you just... Go and get me a napkin. I've got tiramisu all over me. Um, oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Don't worry. Found some blue roll in my pocket that I got from a garage forecourt earlier. Yeah, I'll do. Wipe my mouth. Mm, it's very, very chocolatey. Mm. Oh, that's better. In music this week, Kanye West has won a plagiarism case for the rights to hit single Gold Digger. The Chicago-born incessant rapper was challenged by a senile 70s hip-hop group 
who insist the song is rightfully theirs. Kwame King reports... Everyone would have you believe that the gangster rap movement was started on the streets of Compton, Brooklyn or Philadelphia. What if I said it wasn't? What if I said it was born in the mines of Barnsley or Lincoln, you know, Diddleworth? That's where I remember it coming from. I remember it coming from deep within our hearts, deep within the earth. Skegness. Is there a chance you could have misremembered? 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 Don't you tell me what I can and can't remember, mister. I may be old, but my memory's impeccable. I'm very insulted with your comments and I shan't be a part of this interview any longer. Good day. Eh. Which one's the door out again? I I I thought your memory is impeccable. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to sit down, but not because I don't know the right door, but because I'm tired. I'll state the facts, don't take the mick. I'm making stacks with a trusty pick. If you piss me off, then I'll go on strike. Cause I break the rock like I rock the mic. Oh, this rap's a corker. Bars on tap with a chap from Yorkshire. Got a hundred bars to throw at you. 99 about Margaret Thatcher. Okay, uh, let's get this straight. You four were claiming to be a part of a revolutionary 70s hip hop group called Miners with Attitude. And that Kanye West's Gold Digger was actually your song. I mean, I mean, this is frankly silly. Listen, listen. From my point of view, the truth is exactly what I prefer it to be. And so, I'm adamant that hip-hop is the intellectual property of the mining communities, which were full of hot MCs pumping out fresh beats as far back as the 70s. What you've got to understand is, it's hurt us to see Kanye West gain such success with our music, just because he's more socially appealing than us. Why should my appearance affect how my talents are seen? I've not taken this flat cap off since the strikes. This is how I look and I shouldn't have to change. Okay, okay, but you could argue that this is a grievance also shared by various minority groups. Hey, what are you talking about? I don't think about other people. Well, for example, do you think that this same kind of principle should be shown to natural Afro-Caribbean hairstyles? Well, it, it depends. Depends on what? Well, can you get a flat cap over an afro? 18 months, 18 months From when I retired, lived for 18 months Couldn't get air into one of me lungs I was down in the mine, breathing up the soot So tell me, how are you so certain that Kanye West stole your song? Listen here, Craig, do you mind if I call you Craig? After hiring a private detective and interviewing various people in the Northwest, we're certain that Mr. West went on a caravan holiday to Formby Beach in 2004. From there, he took a day trip to Southport. We've traced this from a receipt for wedding crashes at the local cinema. And DNA swabs taken from 8,230 tickets won at the Pier Arcade. It's clear that from here, Mr. West fancied a visit to a mine and caves heritage tour in Stockport. 
the very same minds which we scraped the lyrics to Cold Digger in with a pickaxe. I mean, that seems like quite the spurious averment. Sonny Jim, I didn't even recognise those last two words, so if you don't mind, we're going to carry on saying what we were going to say anyway. Listen, you, you can't just march into somewhere, take whatever you want for your own gain. That was our mine before it was a tourist attraction. They're just waiting for all the miners to die so there's nobody left to remember and then they're just going to try and erase our past. Well, over my dead body. <coughs> over my dead body. <coughs> oh, no. That'll be the asbestos. You best be wary, the pits are scary, like my wife's a hairy, her name is Mary. Just married in February. But guess what? She can't bear me. Don't wanna send disses at me, missus. Her and I know she's shit at doing dishes. Now I'll tell the truth if you dare me. A batty deader than my dead canary. Many social historians are wondering how you've managed to come to the conclusion that it was miners who came to popularise the term batty. Commonly cited as being of Jamaican origin, used to describe a woman's behind. Talk about rewriting history. How ridiculous to say that British miners didn't invent the word batty. Next you'll be saying we didn't invent tea. Well, history tells us we didn't. L- listen here, right? If I'd done any research, I'd be able to say something to prove you wrong. But I haven't, so, so I can't. And that's unfair. I ain't saying he's a cold digger. Till he minds up that old digger. I ain't saying he's a cold digger. Till he minds up that old digger. Dig down, yeah, go ahead, dig down. 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 Livin' in your ears. What? I love coal. We're mining all day. For a thruppence. What? What? We're MWA, miners with attitude. Correct! It is Culture My Art! Oh, thanks Kwame. What a bunch of cretins. Unlike you, dear listener. No, you can't be. Because you're listening to Culture My Arts. <laughs> Prince Gilbert will be joining us for a live seance in a second. But first, some useless insight. Non-believers all want to deny the existence of God and believe in stupid science. Well, here's what scientists can never answer me. If heat rises, why, I ask you, why is there snow on top of the mountains? I shall tell you why. God has put it there for us to give us a clue. He has written his name in the snow in Uran. Now my children go forth and do not eat the yellow snow of sin. I'm Frank Sod. That was blasphemous. This show is awful. For this last segment of the show, we're holding a live seance with Prince Gilbert, who wants to get in touch with his dear granddad. Duke Arnold. I'd like to begrudgingly welcome Prince Gilbert. Good evening, Frank. And our psychic medium, Madam Moonshine. Hello. Hold on, hold on. Wait until I've played the music. 
There you go. Thank you, Frank. I'm feeling fantastic currents of energy flowing throughout the atmosphere in the studio. Already? Are you sure? It could be the AC. Absolutely not. I'm confident we'll be able to get in touch with the spirits today. Okay, well, just so we can confirm your sanity to the listeners, I'd just like to say you have had your blood tested and your results are negative for any trace of crack, heroin, marijuana, ecstasy, ketamine, LSD, poppers, snortolinis, hootie billiards and fizzy ash. You've got a clean bill of health. Although we did pick up E number 211, Have you had a sunny delight or an aero today or something? No, I've just had a water and an egg and cress sandwich. No crack in it? No. It'll be the margarine then, no worries. Right, go ahead you two. I'll vaguely pay attention. Hello, Prince Gilbert. Hello, madam. I'd like to get in touch with my grandfather, Duke Arnold. Yes. I see your grandfather. He looks like he's somewhere... Warm. Perhaps on holiday. Is at the beach house he, he owned in Jersey. That'll do, yeah. Actually, he rather preferred his manor in the Caribbean. No, no, you're right, actually. It is that one. So he's... Or is it that private island Mummy told me not to talk about? It's all of them. All of them? It's the afterlife. I can make it... Sorry. He can make it whatever he wants it to be. Well, that that does make sense now. The main thing is, he's at peace. Oh, brilliant. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. I know. What's he doing now? He's just lounging in a chair, under the sun. Oh, he's got a bit of a sweat on. Are Are you sure? Grandfather has always said he couldn't sweat. Oh, no, you're right. It's not sweat. It's condensation. Condensation due to the steam that's coming off his freshly delivered takeaway. Is it a pizza express restaurante? Oh, he he loved and adored to take the family to a pizza express restaurante. But only on special occasions, of course. Hold on. He's opening the box for me. It is. It's a Pizza Express. Mmm, he says. Mmm, my favourite. It's been a while since I've had one of these. Mmm, God, the last time must have been 18 years, 4 months, 12 days, 3 hours, 26 minutes and 1 second ago. He wants to say something, but your session is almost up. He's drifting away. No. Grandfather, wait. Drifting away. Madam, I've I've got a £20 note in my wallet. Hold on a second, please. I'm losing him. No, wait. Here, here it is. Wait, hold on. Yes, he's coming back. He wants to say, I love you. She lies. Grandfather? Now listen here, Duke Arnold. I don't know what you're playing at, but shrinks never lie. Gilbert, today is the day you learn the truth. Everything you know about your heritage, your bloodline, is false. You are no prince. Oh, good God, no. 
I'm actually working class, aren't I? I'm going to have to learn a trade, use public transport, and swap Xbox games on the Facebook marketplace. No! Think again! Oh, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, I'm middle class. I'm going to have to watch BBC4 documentaries by an Aldi and wear a pair of beige chinos. No, you fool! Question your upbringing! Why is it that we educate the privileged privately? Why is it that we segregate ourselves in establishments such as Waitrose? Well, because they do a ruddy good Pinot Gris. The Sauvignon Blanc is also very nice. Well, then it is, to be fair. Why is it that the rich all coincidentally hold influential positions in society? Because we hold the institutional wealth and power whilst restricting those outside our socio-economic status? Yes, obviously, but also something else. One final question. Why do you think the upper class hunt foxes? Because they're ginger. Some offence taken. Foxes are omnivores. They eat a large variety of prey. Insects. Small mammals and reptilians. Okay, you can keep the 20 quid. I'll be off now. It's time for you to become who you were born to be. Prime Minister? No. Something else. Oh, I don't want anything else, Grandfather. I like doing this radio show. This radio show is weird and crap. Besides, this is not how our kind are supposed to spend their time. But I've already played polo today. Silence! You're about to take on your true form. <laughs> oh, Christ! Well, I think you can tell where this is going. That wraps up this episode of Culture My Art. See you in the New World Order. Bye!